I've got a load of Russian students tearing it up. And I've got the biggest diamond in the world. I mean, that's just what it is. That's <laughs> not an bleak reference. That's just yeah, what yeah, I'm talking brilliant. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a big piece of ice that's not going to melt for a change. That would have worked. That so would have been better. Do you want to do that? Go on. <laughs> I got a big. <laughs> I got to get through this. I'm just going to put this in. <laughs> just keep this in. Welcome to Date Fight, which Hello. inexplicably is still in January. Oh, this has been the longest January on record. How is it ever still January? Yes, it's uh, the podcast where we take great moments that happen on this day in history and we pitch them against each other. Yes, we do. He's Jake Yap. I'm Nat Tapley. And today we have looked through the brain of history to find the two slowest firing neurons and making them fight for your love. Very, very sluggishly. Um, what I would say is that thank you to everyone who's been a regular listener to this podcast because you have helped it go. Yes. I would say coronaviral. Is that a fair thing to say? It absolutely is. It's making people, well, it's making a lot of people ill. Like it's not huge. It's about eight people worldwide. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And four people in Scotland might have it. So, you know, that's genuinely, <laughs> it's I think, about the same numbers. Yeah, I think we're about the same. Let's see, though, how it all develops over the weekend because, you know, with a bit of luck. By Monday, we could have gone viral in London. <laughs> God, this is so hard. <laughs> Let's do it. Okay, I'm taking you back. I'm glad that there are regular listeners, because anyone who isn't a regular listener will have been massively put off so far, in that we've managed to, yeah. in about three minutes, convey no information at all. Round one! I'm taking you back to the 25th of January, 1905, mm. when Frederick Wells was 18 feet underground at the Premier Mine in Pretoria. When he saw something sparkling above him, he reached up, pulled it out of the earth, and found a 3,106-carat diamond, the biggest in the world. It weighed 1.3 pounds. How, so how big actually is that? It's not that big. I don't know. It must be like an, almost a bowl of sugar, I guess. Don't, weight is always sugar, isn't it? It can't be bigger than, say, an apple, because it's denser than an apple, and three apples is a pound. That's how I remember how big a pound is. Let's call it an apple's worth of diamond. <laughs> what did they... Did um, Is this the Corinor or it's something? Cal- it's Kalinan, named after the person who owned the mine, Sir Thomas Kalinan, who saw it, and at, at once he thought, I must give this to somebody, and so he gave it to the Transvaal government and the Transvaal government went well we should give it to Edward the seventh as a gift and Edward the seventh saw it and said yes I should keep this for myself that's definitely for me yes that makes sense um, <laughs> that, that sounds about king. right yeah uh, so he arranged a fake boat to transport a phony diamond which had a whole phony security crew on to get it from South Africa back to England wow uh, when it got back here he entrusted it to, to Joseph Asher who had cut the, what was previously the world's biggest diamond um, in 1893, and Asher studied the diamond for six months before he attempted to cut it. Good heavens above. He just sat there looking at it. Well, that was it, but it was genuinely like, you know, you put the chisel on the edge and you give it a whack in those days, right? Yeah, he had a saw, and the first saw he applied to it, after six months he sat down, applied the saw to it, and broke the saw straight away, because the diamond was so hard. It was quite difficult to cut I've a diamond. I've heard that about diamonds. D- this guy's a moron. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, the one he'd done before was essentially by luck. He took his sharpest <laughs> kitchen knife. he just drop it. Yeah. 
when he got to Shatter later in the day, he fainted through relief. Right. I'd heard that story. I remember the fainting part. <laughs> uh, he got nine large stones out of it and a hundred small ones, which he says was intentional. But to me, that sounds like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I wanted. Yeah, nine, yeah, yeah. nine large ones and a hundred small ones. Not one, though. I did ask just ask him for one big diamond. Yeah. It's, it's no longer the world's biggest diamond, is it? Pre- well, no, but, you know. <laughs> it's premium gravel. <laughs> Anyway, it's now called the big bit. The biggest bit's called the Star of Africa, and it's on the scepter in the crown jewels. So you can go and look at it there. <laughs> as far as you're and concerned, the second biggest one is also there on the crown. It costs a fortune <laughs> to get into the Tower of London, doesn't it? I know. Yeah, well, you've got to pay for all these enormous diamonds. Yeah, that were given away. Given to gifts. Yeah, essentially, we're paying to look at someone's Christmas presents. Wow. Actually, it wasn't a Christmas present, it was a birthday present. It was a birthday present for Edward the Can you imagine that, like, the brass net, you're going to, you know, it's the largest diamond in the world, and we'd like to give it to you. Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah. All right, see you later, yeah? <laughs> Sitting in the VIP bit. All right, see you later, yeah? Thank, thank, thank you, Your Eminence. Thank you, Your Eminence. It's he's going through all the diamonds he gets given every going, no, rubbish, yeah. throw it away, Muck. smallest. Regift. Ugly. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, that was the 25th of January, 1905, the discovery of one of the crown, two of the crown jewels and uh, the biggest diamond in the world. It's a wonderful day, the day you truly discover the crown jewels. <laughs> Isn't it? I'm going to take you to the 25th of January, 1755. Ooh. And it's the establishment of Moscow, mm. as our friends in America say, Moscow University. Ooh. Uh, why was it established on the 25th of January? Because it's Tatiana Day. Oh, what what is Tatiana Day? Is it the day when lots of people order wives off the internet? <laughs> what? How did you get to that? From Tatiana. What? Tatiana, the Russian woman's name. Famous Russian... Probably the only famous Russian woman's name. Listen, whatever obsession you developed with page 37 of the catalogue, I, you know, that's your business. Yeah. Anyway, it's named after St. Tatiana, who I didn't really bother to uh, look up. No. But the university was established because uh, this woman, Tatiana Rodionovna, mm-hmm. uh, who was... Uh, sorry. I don't f- understand any of this. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. You should keep this in. <laughs> <laughs> no, we've been... Ragged enough as it is. Uh, Saint Tatiana was declared the patron saint of students. Ah. Uh, she famously, during her lifetime, uh, watched Countdown and Eight Pot Noodles uh, mm-hmm. uh, as a way of devoting herself to Christ. <laughs> uh, so it became celebrated as effectively Students' Day. Lovely. So the Church of Saint Tatiana was built on the university campus of Moscow. Mm-hmm. And they have a service there every year on the 25th of January. And then there are speeches and then there are prizes. And then everybody gets absolutely ruined. Really? At a festival in Russia? And they have done for over 200 years. In 1885, Chekhov wrote, This year... Everything was drunk except the water from the Moscow River, and only because it was frozen. <laughs> so they didn't need ice cubes for any of their drinks, then? I guess not. I don't, th- I don't think it was time. Yeah. Uh, parties begin with a traditional mead. Ooh. That's just not... That's not, that's not going to be fun vomiting. No. And mead so vomit. now these celebrations spread to most university towns in Russia. And it's also the end of the first term of the traditional academic year in Russia. Mm. Uh, and in uh, Ukraine as well. It's the end of the winter exams and then they have a two-week holiday. And frankly, 
It is carnage. <laughs> Every last bottle of aftershave has been downed. <laughs> we should do, we should go along next year. We'll visit them on St. Tatiana's Day. <laughs> Shall we? Yes. Next year from Russia. We'll do a date fight special. Why not? Yes. Place fight. Because, you know, we said we're probably going to, like, we're, we're planning we're going to hold a big party on the first anniversary of this podcast. 5th of November. And we'll probably blow somewhere between 20 and 40 grand. Oh, I would imagine. Because we've made so much money out of this so far. <laughs> How much have we made? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. No, don't, no. I don't it would make you sad in the middle of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I'm, at the, I'm on the floor as it is. Uh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Does it even pay for the electricity, let alone the travel? Probably not. Let's talk about birthdays. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to Marjorie's shop, who wrote The Rescuers. Oh! Um, yeah. Uh, no one's read it. We've all seen the cartoon. No one really no, remembers I've the cartoon. No, I've read all of them. Have you? I've read The Turret. I've read... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, they're really well-written books, and they're really worth reading. Nope. Like, the, the films are great, but, oh, my God, The Rescuers, the book, it's really dark. Lovely. It's actually um, a, a poet who is in prison. Right. And he's being kept in sort of isolation, and he's basically a sort of dissident poet. Yeah. And they have to go and free him from this dungeon, and it is dark as all get out. It's really good. Well, let's go read that. Read it. We will. I will. Yeah. Why are we... All right, let's just let's stop. Let's stop and go and read The Rescuers. Happy birthday to Robert Boyle, the chemist who was responsible for Boyle's Law, Boyle's Constant... And the idea of boiling things. Lancing boils. Lancing boils, yes. And foils war um, after a misprint in the... Doesn't matter. <laughs> Radio Times. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday to Virginia Woolf, who said a woman must have money and a room of her own if she is to write fiction. She had both, and so she did. Happy death day to Ava Gardner. She got a BAFTA and a Golden Globe. And she was married to Mickey Rooney and Frank Sinatra and Artie Shaw. That's Ava Gardner. Um, happy death day to Maud de Ufford. She was the mother of Robert de Vere, the 8th Earl of Oxford, who was Richard II's favourite. Uh, she was pretty good, because when the Earl of Oxford threw over his uh, fiance for someone else. She took the fiance's side and told her son off publicly. Um, later on, when Richard II was deposed by Henry IV, she made a plan to assassinate Henry IV, but they found out, so she was sent to the Tower of London. Uh, that's Maud Ufford. She is interesting. Also, happy death day to Al Capone, who died of a stroke at the age of 47. Blimey. Thanks for that, mate. <laughs> we should probably pre-record October onwards. Yeah, just to make sure. Yeah. Round two. It's the 25th of January 1960, and the Is National it? Association of Broadcasters... Ooh, the NAB. Yes. They react to the Paola scandal yes. by threatening fines for any disc jockeys, disc jockeys, who accept <laughs> money for playing particular <laughs> records. Now, I didn't realise that Paola uh, had such a long history. Yeah. I thought it was kind of a more recent thing that happened yeah. kind of in the 80s, but no, it, it was happening in the 50s. Mm -hmm. Nobody really knew. So the, the hit parade in America, the original hit parade, which was... Uh, yeah. It was, yeah, and it was on the NBC. The Billboard hit parade. Uh, for 20 years, they when people said well how, how do you uh, 
how do you how do you get to number one then? What's, what's uh, they're like? Uh, you know, um, uh, that we judge it on the requests we've had <laughs> at the radio station and 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 then sheet music sales and 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 what what dance hall favourites at the discotheques and jukebox tabulation and bribes and bribes mainly. Bribes. So <laughs> I think that would really help. Mainly bribes, my son. Get Mainly your, bribes. Get yourself to a bribe shop and bribe yourself a DJ. Do you have a record? <laughs> Do you have some money? <laughs> Give it to me. I like the idea that anyone would have thought English DJs were worth bribing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, well, most of them, yeah. So uh, there were some uh, interesting finds. I mean, uh, one, one DJ, a guy called Phil Lind of Chicago's WAIT. Mm. Wait. Wait! He disclosed in a congressional hearing that he had taken $22,000 to play a record. Wow. Which is extraordinary. But what I also didn't know is that payola mm. comes from the uh, sort of suffix, the ola bit. Mm. It was just a thing in the early, yeah. early 20th century. So well, it was you oils had... mainly, wasn't it? It was canola, was corn oil. Right. And I think the ola meant oily, like oil of ole was just... Oily oil. Well, there was shinola, which yeah. uh, is a, like a polish, I think. Yeah. But there was also pianola, which I'm sure you've heard of. Fairy yeah. company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. no. <laughs> I got one of those. It's a greasy penis. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Victrola, Amberola, actually Crayola yeah. harks back from that yeah. time. And here's the one that astonished me. Whoa. Motorola. Yeah. They were founded... In 1928. Oh, really? I assumed they just rocked up in the 80s or something. Or you no, know. but no, they 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 were there in 1928. They they started by building uh, mechanisms that allowed you to bypass the battery on your wireless set and plug it into the mains. That sounds very good. Amazing. It's like, do you know what Mitsubishi started off making? Go on. And you can still get. Pencils. Wow. Mitsubishi pencils. Mitsubishi were the finest pencil maker in Japan, and now they make almost everything else. Yeah, but I've heard they're... But you can still get the pencils. I've heard they're unleaded. <laughs> OK. OK, mate. Welcome to Dad's Chat History. <laughs> OK. Um, here we are, uh, in the shed, uh, discussing history. And we're having a really good time. So, well, this is our fourth consecutive episode on World War Two because I don't think you can ever get too much of the World Wars. Um, now, the thing is, you know, my wife always says, um, I've got some kind of fascination with nazis uh now no i would say well no yes yes i have i can't stop thinking about But they were a very fascinating bunch i mean you know if you remove the evil from the equation what you end up with a lot of very fashionable good looking good managers yeah i mean yeah you know if you remove genocide what's wrong with the nazis right the trains or something. Yeah, no. they ran on time. Oh, right, yeah, that's what I meant. No. Okay, so today we're talking about Rommel. Hero or misunderstood? <laughs> well, uh, you see, you've gone so granular that I know you've had to listen to some of these. <laughs> I feel like at some point in your life you've there is been one, stuck with this. Yeah, I mean, I, there is one history podcast in the top 20 at the moment which I could point at and has been very similar to the discussion we've just had. Amazing. But I'm not going to do it. 
Um, I'm going to take you to the 25th of January, 1995. Oh, that's what I was going to say in the I've got. I was going, I've got that time you almost died but didn't know it. Okay, that's fine. I I literally will have lifted it and put it in the It should have been good as a teaser, but here, it's less impressive here. Or not, I don't know. We'll see. Hooray! (laughs) On the 25th of January, 1995, Russia's early warning defence radar detected an unexpected missile launch from Norway. In the, yes, that is most of <laughs> Russia. Uh, Boris Yeltsin was immediately... Boris Yeltsin, who, at the time, let's remember, was famous for ruining dinners by saying that Bjorn Borg looked like the meatballs <laughs> and other erratic behaviour caused oh, by yes. his medication. Yes, yes, that's 100% <laughs> overproof medication. Yeah, so this is this period, Boris Yeltsin. Let's say his ruddy face was presented with this information. Um <laughs> The nuclear command system was turned to combat mode and he had to open the nuclear suitcase and for the first time in its existence, it was activated to prepare for launch. A couple of minutes later, they said that the missile would land probably outside Russia, but the commands implied that they should probably still launch a response. Um... It wasn't till then that someone remembered that this was a scientific ro- rocket launched from Spitsbergen, uh, which the Norwegians had told everyone about nine days before, but the people in the Russian Defence Ministry had forgotten to mention it to anyone else. Ooh. So we were within minutes of nuclear war because someone just forgot to pass on a message. Oh. But that was the problem with the old days. You know, if you got back and someone else had listened to the answer phone, yeah. you know, that's the 90s for you. There was no voicemail on your mobile. Was like, Did you delete the messages on this? Yes, but they're only for me. Uh, Norway? (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. Yes, so we all almost died on the 25th of January 1995. Well, those of us who existed then. Yeah. If anyone's younger than that who is listening, now just stop. This isn't for you. You don't don't want to be here. (laughs) Did you even get the joke about Geoffrey Holland the other day? Probably not. (laughs) And here's the point, you know, had you stopped and Googled it, would it have been worth it? Definitely not. (laughs) Date fight. Not quite worth it. The History Shed with two dads. Two dads. uh, Signing off. Tomorrow we will be looking at which was the best tank offensively. Oh, that's a a no-brainer. Yeah. It's got to be uh, the... uh, Sherman. The Iron Pig, (laughs) as it was known. Yeah. Uh, The favoured of uh, General MacArthur... Uh, yeah. Yeah. I no, mean, you give me that over nine panzers any day. I've actually had a go in one of those uh, beasts, and uh, I can tell you Have right you? now, uh, I got the absolute raging. <laughs> uh, Which is good, because the barrel of the gun is just the right size for <laughs> inserting oneself into yeah. uh, at the point of completion. Yeah. I was yeah. told to uh, leave I, the tank I, museum I, later that day. Yeah. I mean, I was fine with a nine millimeter, but... Um, um, <laughs> Don't let my wife hear this. Uh, it's all right, she's not I want listening. B- <laughs> See you tomorrow. I want b- with you. <laughs> You're the only one that understands me. <laughs> Sorry, I meant, yes, okay. Right, see you all tomorrow. <laughs> I have no idea where we are. Where are we? Oh, we've done the thing, right? Yeah, good. We're just saying (laughs) goodbye to everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Leaving them with a horrifying image to fill their day. Uh, Goodbye, everyone. Do come back tomorrow for more of this. Well, tomorrow, excitingly as well, we'll find out the results of this week's date fights. Which you will have decided. So if if it's bad tomorrow, it's your fault. (laughs) 
There's no chance. No one's bailing us out of this. We did this. No, I know. Sorry about it. We love you. We can change. And we will tomorrow on Day Fight. Goodbye. See you tomorrow. Bye. Two dads in the history shed in association with Irving, specialist wartime memorabilia, Hastings. 